Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch with me, Luke, here in cold fucking Chicago. And me, Katie, here in slightly rainy Los Angeles. Oh, is that rain bothering you there? <laughs> no, I really like it. We have the kind of snow at this point, like we're at the fun part of the winter where like, so it'll get 40 degrees for like a day and then the black tar snow will like sludge, <laughs> sludgily slide down a, down a drain pipe into the gutter and then two days later it'll rain for 14, or not rain, snow for 14 hours straight. So like when oh my you're, God. So like when you're walking, uh, like it's like, Right now, it's the powdery snow where by the time you've taken five snaps, it's like built upon itself to the point where it feel like you feel like you're wearing like elevator shoes. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'm just like getting taller and taller and taller. Um, it's also like hiding any like jagged and slippery ice that may be lurking underneath. So like, oh, you think you're walking on just freshly driven snow, but really you're about to pull your groin and get laughed at by Loyola students in Rogers <laughs> Park. Oh um, no! <laughs> you never know what's gonna happen. I, I had a moment in Chicago. I was coming back from a party one night, and I was like, "Yeah, I can just walk in the snow. That's no big deal." And I ended up uh, breaking one of the heels off of my shoes. I was wearing high heels in the snow like a moron. Broke one of the heels, fell on my back, and as I was falling, I went into the air. Because I had them in my hands, and they ended up in a snowbank. So I had to spend like five minutes with my bare hands digging my keys out of a snowbank. Yeah, it was really embarrassing. You thought it was snow problem, but turns out it was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, mo snow, mo problems. Yeah, snow, mo snow, snow problems. Um, but yeah, it's cold. I would, I would say it's safe to say it's pretty cold. Yeah. Um, Katie, what a week it's been. Uh, our Justice League episode could yes. not have come out at a more relevant time. Um, I know, which isn't know. which isn't our huge. Uh, I feel like I feel like normally we we kind of uh our merit is in our obscurity, but uh, rumors are still running rampant, and I'm probably going to keep talking about uh the different stuff I hear about comic book movies as we move forward. But we're not talking about Justice League today, and we're not talking about Batfleck. No, right, right now, um. Because it's, it's, it's over. Move on, Luke. That's what they say. That's what my therapist says. The, Zack Snyder's gone. Um, mm-hmm. What are we talking about? This is a this is a Katie Grotzinger original pick for episode twenty three. Yes. Um, please, it sure is. Give it to me. Okay. So this past week was a very special day. It was a day that celebrates love. A little thing called Saint Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. And so I thought that we could go for a rom com. But not just any rom-com, no. a weird rom-com. <laughs> so today we're discussing Finn Taylor's 2016, I would say, masterpiece, sure. Unleashed. Sure, Unleashed. And it's a punny title, um, which at first I didn't realize. I, I was saying, like, yeah, I'm watching Unleashed for my podcast. And somebody's like, oh, fuck, Jet Li? Oh, that's awesome. And I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And this one, <laughs> and this one, a woman wishes upon a star and her pet cat and dog turn into handsome men vying for her affection. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, that's not the one with Jet Li." And I was like, "No, that makes that adds up." <laughs> um, also, I love that you said Saint Valentine's Day. People forget the saint all the time. Like these these greeting card companies are trying to trying to start a war on my religion. Um, mm-hmm. no, I don't really How care. dare they? I don't really care. Those bastards, <laughs> Hallmark and the rest. Yeah, fuck you, Hallmark. Um, Unleashed, Katie. Why is it so? Uh, why'd you pick this movie? <laughs> okay, okay, that's fair. So I. I don't think 
anybody who's seen this actually thinks it's a bad movie. I've watched this now with a buddy of mine, and I watched it last night with my girlfriend and my roommates, and they loved it. But it's really hard to get somebody to watch this movie off of premise alone because it's just so fucking bizarre. Totally. And so I really wanted to delve in and just talk about like, no, it's actually pretty good. It plays with the premise really well. And sure, there's some weirdness about a woman kind of dating her pets there, but it you know it keeps it very PG. Sure. For all of that, it, it kind of even platonic because the human pets, a lot of the comedy, of course, comes from the dog and cat having the dog and cat mannerisms as people. Sure. And part of that is that they don't understand human sexuality. So they just end <laughs> up like when they finally do, quote unquote, sleep together, like the cat just sleeps above her head. The oh. guy as a as a man sleeps above her head. Yeah, so pure. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's a pretty pure movie it is all things considered and it's also like yeah as you as you said uh not necessarily regarded as bad i uh i did my digging and i was reading articles and i'm like what do people think of this it holds like a pretty like high 70s like uh maybe low 80s at at, at uh at peak on uh, rotten tomatoes from critics um mm-hmm. fans are a similarly positive score um i don't really get that um and i think but like i think maybe it's one of the rare times where people are willing to just like have fun like critics critics included which i feel like doesn't happen i feel like critics don't take movies for what they are they're like they 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 kind of more so take movies for what they weren't um or Mm -hmm. what like what they like well it's not this movie and the people they don't make movies like the godfather anymore so this fucking movie blows and like stuff like that (laughs) Um, yeah, for sure. But this was like refreshingly positive. Um, yeah. I, I think I think certainly still worthy uh, for the bad movie moniker in terms of its obscurity, in terms mm-hmm. of its like uh, I would say um, visibility because I had never heard of it nor seen hide nor hair of it. Um, which leads me to my another uh, my next question: How did you come across it? Because uh, I, I, when you mention it, I go, I, I don't know what that is. And I was even like, even upon like, clicking on it and premise and getting like five, 10 minutes, I'm like, I don't know what this movie's about. Um, and I mean, eventually, <laughs> eventually it knocks me over the head with it. It's a very high concept premise, but when, where, how, like, why is this, why is this a flick and where did, what's your history? Sure. This is a fairly recent one. Um, I have a friend who I've kept in contact with, a friend from undergrad named Bird. And we do this thing where every once in a while we will watch movies together. We'll Skype and we'll watch them and comment on them. And it's like old times back when we used to be able to watch movies in person. And he somehow went into the depths of Netflix and (laughs) scavenged this like a like a treasure trove from the deep. And I, and I had to go along with him the same way you had to go along with me. I was just like, all right, let's try it. This is like also like, the, especially like in terms of Netflix obscurity, this is the type of movie that I feel like people would have watched. I remember when, when Netflix first brought out streaming uh, mm. and I had it on my Xbox 360 and the selection was like hilariously sparse. Um, yeah. Like just like a few gems here and there. And then it was like, a John Wayne movie and like Zach Galifianakis live at the onion and like uh, a few other obscure shit. Um, It also has a distinctly uh, TV movie vibe. Um, Yeah. It it really feels like something that would have been produced by ABC family, uh, formerly ABC family, currently Freeform, 
or like something mm-hmm. from like a Lifetime network, uh, perhaps with a, a, a touch more production value. But just in terms of the way everything is played, the way the uh, the way the sets look, um, and the the just the sheer content, um, family friendly, not incredibly daring but easy to understand. Um, it feels like it should almost have commercial breaks. And I was sitting there thinking, because uh, at times I'm like all right, why are you being a dick? Like, why are you being harsh about this flick? I mean, just just chill out. And then I got to thinking also, if this were like a Christmas movie, I'd be all about it. Not that I'm not all about mm. it, but doesn't it seem like the kind of like easygoing movie they make holiday films out of, uh, specifically like TV movies? That's the vibe I just kept getting. Yeah, I'd say that. It's definitely, it's a very easy watch. Yeah. It doesn't take a, a particular, it, it doesn't really take a... um. I would almost say, even though we're talking about it somewhat critically, like it doesn't really take a critical mindset to be able to just enjoy it. Like you don't have to think about it too hard. You can just right. passively enjoy it. And there's which a place I think is how a lot of TV movies are. And there's like uh, undoubtedly a place for that, uh, especially yeah. like in a world where we are being like we're we're a step away from being overwhelmed by content if we're not there already. Um, mm. every, and you can get on your phone and, and, and that alone is going to drown you with the amount of things you can watch, read, play, um, listen to like, it, it's, it's a nonstop. And in that giant, giant, you know, world of, uh, endless media options, it's nice to have a flick like unleashed that comes along and it's like, you want a simple ass movie about a dog and a cat turning into humans and then running around like doofuses for an hour and a half. We'll throw a little bit of uh, of what's his dick from Rudy and uh, and uh, Lord of the Rings, Sean Ashton, um, yeah. for, for good measure. Um, I'm cool with that. We get a and also, I think uh, our lead, uh, our lead of the film, Kate Kate Micucci, I believe you say, mm-hmm. uh, from yes. uh, from Garfunkel and Oates fame um, and other such shit. Um, I think she is kind of the rock of Gibraltar in Unleashed where yeah. everything in this movie is fine and works, but only because she works so hard. Like every char- mm. every character, uh, every every actor, uh, the director, everybody in this involved in this movie owes uh, a great debt to um, to Kate Micucci, and she carries sort of the weight of the of the flick on her shoulders because you don't believe. I mean, you don't believe that this is happening unless she makes it feel like it's happening. Um, yeah, like this is a tongue in cheek and you know, we got to suspend our disbelief and this is a place where, you know, movies, you should suspend your disbelief anyway, but this is one where you are totally comfortable playing along because she does such a solid job, um, making it all seem like believable. Like she, she supplements everyone at at all times. Would you agree? I would, I'd say that she, there's. She has this very interesting quality about her. Like she's very, like a whole bunch of bizarre stuff is happening around her. Like again, these two guys that she's dating act like a dog and a cat. So like at some points, like the the guy that's a dog will fetch a ball or the guy that's a cat will like, how do you even describe it? Um, <laughs> saunter. Bop at her, yeah, saunter, yes. But also he bops at her uh, bracelet. Bats at And it. <laughs> just little things like, bats at her. And there are, but she, the way that she handles it or the way that Kate Micucci plays this character is that like, she's clear, she understands that it's weird, but she has the kind of like deeply intensely polite personality that is like willing to look over it. So it's acknowledged, but it's not judged, which is very interesting. 
And have you, uh, are you familiar with like, had you known her going in? Like when you started watching this movie, you're like, oh, it's her. I feel like that's what a lot of people do with her. Um, Cause she's kind of like planting seeds all over the place. TV, film, music, comedy. I feel like she pops up all over. Or was this Oh yeah, kinda... she's, she's the latest Velma. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Like in the On, voice? Uh, be cool. Yeah. It, oh, voice wow. One. I was gonna say, cause she'd be a good live action Velma too, frankly. She um, would too, yeah. Yeah, she'd be awesome. But okay, well, wonderful. Yeah, we'll chalk that one up as well. She's, what a career she's having. And uh, there's something so distinct, you'll never mistake another person for her, which is like, mm. you can't, you can't create that. You can't manufacture that it factor that uh, that she luckily possesses. Like, energy's there, uh, humor's there, but just on, like, sight and personality alone, um, she's just got, she's just got it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the acting in this movie is so good. Like, the two guys that play the cat and the dog are just fantastic. Like, you really believe that there are animals in people form. The cat, Ajax, is played by Justin Chatwin, who I really only remembered from Shameless, but I also forgot that he was in a movie that we may never cover because it, it doesn't hold anything to me personally, but it certainly is a bad movie. He was Goku in Dragon Ball Evolution. Really? Oh yeah, that was heavily panned. And that's not, that's animated. They never no, did No, like that is live action. We made an American, like he went to American high school Dragon Ball movie. When the fuck did I know. that happen? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not well versed in Dragon Ball Z. That was one I missed as a kid. Basically the only anime I could uh -huh. really get on board with was Pokemon. But all my friends uh, were so steeped in the lore. And like, even as we grew up, we're still all about Dragon Ball Z. I personally never subscribed, but I there's no mistaking the um, the absolute uh, adoration from that fan base, and it's very prominent to this day. That being said, holy shit, I'm offended a little bit by yeah. By, oh, you should be. Yeah. You should be. It is offensive. So it is kind of fun to recognize him from a, a like a, he's a bad movie brother. He has oh. been in some. He's been in some stuff. Bad movie brother. Very cool. Yeah, he was um, also in Super Babies, Baby Geniuses too. My favorite of the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'd never seen him. I've never seen the dude, uh, and I was really impressed by him. I was watching with my significant other as well, um, Taylor Shepard. Mm. You may have heard her in the I'll Be Home for Christmas podcast. Um, she was like, oh, it's the dude from Shameless. And I'm like, I guess I'm the only Chicagoan that hasn't seen Shameless. Um, mm. And I know I should. Um, I know I should, but I never have. But uh, with with having nothing to go in with, I was still like, "Oh, this dude must own cats." Um, yeah. Because as a as a loyal cat owner myself, uh, I'm a father of two boys, Bug and Willoughby. Um, I was like, "Yeah, dead on. This dude understands what it is to be uh, a cat," and it's at times. A little damning, I feel, uh, to both the cat and the dog characters. Uh, at times, I think that the humor is trying to be garnered by taking advantage of the obvious, like the low-hanging fruit, and kind of, uh, um, I don't know. I get more defensive when people are negative about cats. I'm like, fuck you. Like, you, don't wanna, you, don't, you don't like cats? And uh, every now and then this cat's a little shithead. But the fact of the matter is, cats are sometimes shitheads. Um, mm -hmm. And so in that, it works. This dude and this character, it just, like, the way 
uh, they complement one another, the dog and the cat. So we have Ajax, the sweet, sweet tuxedo boy, uh, mm-hmm. Kitty, who uh, is transformed into a, a handsome, svelte human. Um, and he chooses the moniker Diego, very exotic. And the way he's, <laughs> the way he gracefully saunters about and stuff ends up like earning him. And the way he's like relatively like without clothes when he comes to <laughs> like, doesn't it like immediately earn him like a modeling gig, like off the bat? Oh yeah. He's just yeah. a sweet kitty boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm like, Oh, you adorable thing. Um, and like, that's a smart, that's a smart beat. Like, of course a cat that ca- that came to life as a human would be a model. Think of the way cats are like, they're the most graceful little like domesticated creatures you've ever seen. They're, they're smart. They're witty. They know how to, they know how to get people's attention. Uh, and that is personified through Ajax slash Diego. Um, do you, do you know Summit slash Sam from anything? No, but I've, his name is Steve Howie. I can't, I can't for the life of me, I'm looking at his, uh, Wikipedia page right now. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything he's ever been in. And, um, but I, I feel like he's so good in it. I think he's, he's, he's such a good doggo. Really and good. And I... He totally earned the role, but I just, I, I don't remember him from anything, and I really hope he gets more work, because well, he did such a good job. He really kicked ass, and you got to think about, mm-hmm. like, what kind of set do you want to work on? And when you're doing, when you're working on a movie that is, like, a plot that's seemingly ridiculous, um, not seemingly, just is, it's a ridiculous high-concept mm-hmm. uh, screenplay, um, and you're, you know, surrounded by a bunch of, like, you know, not... I wouldn't say A-listers, but still high-profile people that have been working and stuff. I imagine it must be challenging to hold your own similarly. And he uh, he crushes. Uh, it's a big yellow lab that becomes a human, and he's just this total beef castle, total uh, total <laughs> total total muscular hunk, um, like whole castle of beef. Oh yeah, he's just a, he's just a handsome man, and mm-hmm. he too, like uh, like Diego, uh, opposite of him. Uh, really, really captures the essence of what it's like to be a hound. Like these guys are just giving a masterclass performance in the art of physical comedy, and they're given, you know, the world's greatest prompt. It's like, hey, you bulky blonde man, you're a human. You're the human. You're the personification of a yellow lab. Act that way. So he's a he's a sweet, lovable doof who doesn't want to get in trouble, and he's afraid, and like he's nice and he's loyal. Whereas the cat's like. Fuck you! I'm I'm the most important person in the room, and like everything else. And so we have a movie where yes. we have a movie where simple enough. Like it starts off. I don't know. She's dating Big Head from a uh, from a uh, uh, Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. And yeah. she's an she's a she's a whiz kid app designer, and she's okay. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna have to pause here really quick Let's because pause. this is the thing about this movie that I really can't get my head around. This right. man. So I work in VR AR currently. Yeah, and, and for the people at home, what's that? Okay, so that's virtual reality and augmented reality. Virtual reality is when you're like wearing a headset and you're completely immersed in like a different space, whereas AR is like Pokemon Go. It's on your phone okay. and you use it to augment things that you're looking at in real life. So her thing is that she's made an augmented app, which is supposed to show, which is like a star map. And I've had to look into those before and they don't make a million dollars and they all suck. 
And there's no, there's no way that you could make any money from something like that. Like it's, 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 ah. so like the whole thing of him stealing her like million dollar app idea, like that's bullshit. Like somebody didn't look into that. And I no. understand it's not the most important part of this romantic comedy sure. where pets turn into hunky men, but it's, <laughs> it's still, every time I watch this, I get just a little bit hung up. Anyway, we can move on. No, it's pretty irksome. Uh, I think that's a, a completely fair point because, you know, I don't fully understand what the app does. The one she's designing, it's mm. like stars. And uh, I think it's all like the writer director being like, Oh, how, wish upon a star. We need something mystical to happen. Well, of course what's in right now, uh, you know, she designs the apps for the iPhone and, uh, and it's like in a movie where we're going to be cool with two animals turning into, to sexy, sexy lads. <laughs> I guess yeah. I can also live in a world where your stupid ass star app is going to get stolen by your boyfriend and he's somehow able to claim that intelligence and make millions of dollars and leave you in the dust uh, and wash your hands of it. Whatever. Like, like you're saying, that's not the most important part. Um, yeah. But I th- think it could be stronger. I don't know. I guess like if you're just- really devoted to it being something like mystical and um uh i don't know what the word i'm looking for is uh like magical realism sure 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 that's an that's an excellent um (laughs) excellent category an excellent definition um i guess maybe that works better uh if you've got like two solid feet on the ground in the reality like in the real world but maybe they're just like look man nobody fucking cares it's a dog and a cat that are being men Let's just get to it. I know. I know. And it's it's like there's this thing in rom-coms where I don't know what it is about everybody's profession, but it's always the worst part of every of every rom-com. Like for a while in the 90s, we went through this like big phase where like all men had to be architects. Yeah, totally. Totally. That was a bit like, and I learned what an architect was because of Brady Bunch. Um, mm-hmm. Because Mr. Brady was an architect. And that does like, and from Brady, you can map that trajectory from Brady Bunch all the way through How I Met Your Mother and Ted Schmosby, mm-hmm. architect. Uh, it, that's super weird because who the fuck do you know an architect? I've never met one. No, I also don't know any woman who owns a cupcake shop or a ba- no. or bakery. Like, those are people that I regularly hang out with. It's, but it, it sounds more exciting than having a boring desk job. I guess that's true. I guess that's a good point. And you know what? It's true. It's just fucking true. Mm-hmm. I, it's more I, cinematic I, to be an app developer. <laughs> but it, it dates the movie. Like, it, it, it's such a bad idea. I hate that shit. I hate, I hate when technology uh, dates a movie. It's one of my... Unless it's like... I don't know. There's, unless it's the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, unless it's supposed to be a snapshot of a, like a time period, then it works for me. But yeah, other mm-hmm. than that, it's like, dude, like, oh, like Chef, for instance. I love the movie Chef, but yes. that movie is like solely based on like iPhones still around, but like, you know, it's going to be the iOS looks different and changes at like twice a year. So it's already old as mm-hmm. fuck. And it's also like kind of about Vine. Like, sort of, yeah. like, kid taking, like, one-second videos. It's kind of Vine-adjacent. And Vine doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> so that that's a movie that, like, has timeless values but will be forever cemented in, like, 2014, which is, like, mm-hmm. not, not the best of, of human history. <laughs> uh, not my favorite place to be cemented. Um, and, yeah, I guess you're right. This kind of does a similar thing. Now, 
here's what it, that's all that that's all that shit happens in like the first five minutes all of that shit mm-hmm. and she yes. up and moves and she gets her cat and her dog and what transpires in order for them to become uh their human counterparts sam and diego um like does she oh. literally does she literally wish upon a star here or is it just the app that she's making does something or is she i, I literally like there are a couple times where i just spaced i gotta be real with you <laughs> totally understandable so she has a sassy work friend. By the way, she moves to San Francisco, and this is the most San Francisco fucking story that ever there was. And she she has a sassy work friend who's like, uh, oh, and she now works in a, and she did her own star map, and now she's working in the Zodiac arena. And her sassy work friend says that something about Jupiter. There's Jupiter, and it's going to mess up her star system in like a really big way. And... Basically, it's just gonna, it has to start the plot. That's the inciting incident. It's something to do, the stars are what make the pets men. And I totally get you not catching that. All right. Who cares? It's definitely one of those things that I feel like some guy wrote and was like, who cares? This is a movie about dog and a dog and a cat turning into hunks. Let's get there. Not the most important thing yet. We just need to get there. Finn Taylor typing a screenplay, jerking off with the other hand. Like, let's, yeah. let's, get, these, let's get these fucking animals into dudes make them naked once they appear because they'd obviously be naked who do you think has a bigger dick the dog or the cat like those are the real questions imagine if kevin smith made unleashed i know oh man it would it would be a 90 minute cat there'd be more monologues a lot of monologues a lot of dick jokes um i don't know they'd say fuck a lot um (laughs) but all right so obviously that happens these these guys are like um vying for affection but it's weird it's not even a love triangle it's like no. a love rectangle yes uh, because and in, in, in the top right corner i'd say easily the best corner of the rectangle you have mm. uh kate micucci and then the 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 top left and bottom left are the animals and uh, uh, like the cat and dog respectively and then bottom right is is hobbit boy himself sean ashton <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I live. He in lives the- in a teeny tiny house. He lives in a little hobbit yeah. home. He's got like this. He's got this like rolling trailer house, which is like way better than I'm making it out to be. Like on one end of the spectrum, you have like cousin Eddie's RV from Christmas Vacation, and on the complete opposite of the spectrum, you have this like fucking dope ass apartment loft dealio on wheels. Like I would live in this thing mm-hmm. like crazy, and like it runs on solar panels. Like that looks awesome. If I were if I were a single man in San Francisco, that would definitely be my home. Um, Mm. but I guess what my question is for you, uh, the person choosing this film and, uh, us as critics analyzing what makes it a romantic comedy, what do any of these guys have to offer her? I don't really get it. She's better and fine off than all three of these dudes slash animals. I mean, well, that's the question with all rom-coms. Like, do you really need somebody to, do, do you need, do you really need somebody to be happy? And in this case, it's, I think this is more about her getting over her past relationship. And there could be a version of this movie where there is no Sean Astin. And she's just like, I just got to be fine being me and taking some time. But that's not the movie that this guy wanted to make. So instead, she ends up with Sean Astin, who is a real guy and not the perfect hunky dude that her pets are, but is also real and responsible and like, 
is able to roll with the magical realism, which is pretty rare. Sure, sure. And the it's, I, it's really incidental. I guess her the fun, and him ending up together. The fundamental difference between the two hunk animals and Sean Ashton, who has an it has been and is a hunk. Let's be honest, he's a handsome fella. Um, I guess they're vying for her affection, but not her love. Mm-hmm. And they just want to get back in her apartment and, so they can sleep on the couch. Yeah, and watch their and watch their soap operas. And Sean Ashton is looking for a mate. Um, but I, I I think we don't spend enough time with with Sean Ashton's little like seems like a sea story. Like it's yeah. so far buried that I just really ugh, sounds mean. But like, cause I nothing against Sean Ashton. I know I called him a hobbit fuck. Um, I don't mean that. He's great. Well, he was he but was a hobbit. He was I a hobbit. That's fair. He was a he was a hobbit fuck. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I just don't need that. I wish yeah. that didn't exist. Um, because mm. like it kind of perpetuates this idea. Um, where so you had a dude completely fuck you over and steal your livelihood and and mm. le- and leave you penniless for dead essentially, and then you have these two other guys come along and it's like, well, which, which handsome fella do I need to stuff the hole in my heart with? And then the whole point of the movie is that guy hurt me and these guys are weird, but this guy won't hurt me because I believe in me. Is, is that what we're, is that what the whole point is? I, I sound, I know I, I sound guess. like, I know I sound like a prick. I don't mean to be so critical. I do like this movie. It's just that like, well, well, what's the thing no, that no, no, gives no. her that realization? It is, I do think that those are questions worth asking. I think that what um, Finn Taylor was probably going for is that she's been hurt. At the beginning of the film, she has a date, but she decides to not go. She gets scared. It doesn't even try. And through this kind of crazy misadventure, she learns to da-da-da-da, love again. Okay, and the animals and, and their human form are the are the things that give her the push toward her self-confidence like they're all bonded together by like this weird supernatural experience and in that she's ready to move on to the next chapter of her life yep oh okay well i I guess i understand screenplays um (laughs) okay i'm in it i'm buying it i feel like there's Mm a a third act like there's a big third act climax uh i i i I watched this uh a week ago and I'm trying to I'm trying to remember because I was like in my head I'm like just remember every scene with Diego strutting that's that's all you care about. <laughs> <laughs> but like, doesn't it all? It's pretty good. Doesn't it all culminate in like one of the modeling things? It does. Okay. Okay. So um. Oh well, the modeling is one thing because obviously there's this shoot where they try to get Diego in the water and as a cat he can't do it. Oh yeah. And- <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, like, I know I threw it away just earlier. The physical comedy can't be overstated. This dude, Mm -hmm. like, out on a diving board, like, pretending to be afraid of water, like, holy shit, as a dumbass cat dad that I am, (laughs) I'm, like, crying. I'm like, he's so sweet. Um, (laughs) Just get him away from there. He's scared. Like, I was just, like, I felt felt for him. And then big Dumber Than Boxer Ox Yellow Lab Boy is like, oh, I'll go in the water. It just... Yeah, uh, it, it's really. He paddles after a ball. Yeah. It's really fucking funny. Um, yeah, but it's pretty good. That it, doesn't really like at, at some point. Kate Micucci puts it together that that these dudes are her pets, and she kind of attempts to get them to admit. She's able to get the dog to admit it's Summit, 
but she needs to be, get the cat Ajax, aka Diego, and eventually they have this very they have this moment where it almost seems like she's going to try to give dating her cat a shot. <laughs> <laughs> that does happen. Fucking rocks. But it doesn't really go anywhere before she's like, oh yeah, uh, Sean Astin. That's, that's the way to go. But the third act culmination that's just such delightful bullshit is, so for one thing, the stars are changing again. Whatever was going on with Jupiter is going to end, which means her pets are going to be, go, go back to being animals. And so she has to say goodbye to them. But before that can happen, she has to uh, go to this app conference. There we go. Okay, I remember, I remember, I remember. Where she has to do a talk about the new app she's been working on with her sassy work friend. Very sassy. And her ex-boyfriend, Big Head, from Silicon Valley's there. And he comes in with a posse. And, like, nobody ever does at a tech conference ever. And is trying to, like, sh- shove a success in her face, and she's able to shove her, like, many boyfriends in his face. Yeah. And eventually she's able to prove that she was the original person who did the app and show how cool this new app is. So, you know, like, yay, career, even though, God, no one cares about that part of the yeah, movie. Yeah, nobody cares. It's, it's like such bullshit. It's like 18 so, people at that conference. <laughs> I It looks acceptably sad like, like that's so the sparse. most realistic thing about any of this app stuff is how few people are at that conference and how awkward it is i'm like bring All back of that is very real bring back flappy bird or fucking die yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah that they do turn back into pets and kate mccucci uh with the help of ajax aka diego decides to go for him and they leave San Francisco. She's in San Francisco for less than a year, I'm pretty sure. Less than, like, six months. Yeah, it wasn't for her. Yeah. And she takes off in Sean Astin's tiny, tiny house car, and along with her pets, and they live happily ever after somewhere? I'd have to... I mean, I would, if I were them. Yeah. I, I guess my... Here is... I have a few questions. So... Yes. What is exactly the difference between the app she's making now and the app that was stolen from her by Big Head? I don't know. Okay. The movie doesn't care. Oh, I mean, I don't either, I guess. I'm just, I just didn't know <laughs> if I missed it. Um, second question. How yes. do you go back to having furry animals that can't communicate vocal, like verbally, I guess, and going back to cleaning up their shit and, uh, <laughs> and like feeding them and having to deal with their bullshit in these close quarters in, in Hobbit Boy's Hobbit Hole? Um, no, like after living this like supernatural experience that you can't even really talk to anybody about or you'll be committed. Like, mm. what's that I, like? I, well, I think Kate Micucci is like way more adjusted than like the average person. Sure. And she's just able to bounce right back from it. Sure. I feel like Sean Astin's character will have a tougher time adjusting. Yeah. But she seems like she's just gonna, she's just fine. He doesn't care. He's got those, he's got those boobies now. That's all, yeah. he, that's all he ever wanted. Shallow, <laughs> shallow hobbit boy. Um, my, my next question. So yes. put yourself in Kate, my in Kate McCoochie's shoes. You wake up one day after wishing upon a star and your two <laughs> hypothetical pets have turned into two bombshell, gorgeous ladies. Um, mm-hmm. one cat, one dog person personalities. Who do you okay. choose? Who do you choose? Go. I, the, uh, I, d- I don't know because it's it's weird. I haven't had a pet of my own in such a long time that I feel like that experience would be just 
so bizarre. But I, in my heart of hearts, I'd have to, I'd probably go with the dog girl because like you just, yeah, I, I could see your face through the Google Hangout because um, it's, <laughs> I look, because I don't know, just the affection and loyalness and th those are all nice qualities. I enjoy that. Thought so. Yo, this motherfucker's not one of us. You said she'd fuck a dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Well, I, I've been planning. I've been planning. I've been planning that all day. I didn't really have an answer. Oh, you were? I was okay. like, I'm going to get her on that Jay and Bob reference. Um, I would definitely pick the cat, but I think um, yeah. I think that's because I have just I mean, you've seen me interact with cats. Uh, I love dogs. Yeah, I, know. I absolutely love dogs. But um I am too lazy to keep up with a dog, especially um, as a dog, having a dog as a lover, I would say, mm -hmm. uh, because the real dogs are needy and uh, cats are too, but like they'll shit in a box on their own and I just got to empty it here and there. <laughs> like I don't got it. You know what I mean? Like whatever. And also I've never had a cat hump me um, <laughs> and I've had a dog, I've had lots of dogs hump me. Um, mm. so obviously I'm attractive to dogs, which is, I'll admit flattering. Um, but I don't know, I don't know physically if I could keep up with, with that sort of, uh, thrusting. <laughs> you like a, you like a low maintenance lady. Yeah, definitely. A little scratch, yeah. on, little scratch on the back, a little pull on the tail. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's it. That's all. Like, we'll take care of each other. Uh, we'll hiss at each other here and there, but, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, I think, I think cat, um, I guess I, it's so weird to, to like, I never put myself in the scenario. I was like, I'm just going to totally, I'm like, I'm going to make Katie laugh. And I didn't think about it further. <laughs> um, uh, that being said though, I think it's a lot easier to love um, Sam slash summit, the big dumb yellow lab in this. He is mm -hmm. just a lovable dude. Whereas the sure cat is. is cunning and kind of out, out for himself. The dog just is like a sweet boy. Yeah. He's dim. I want to pet his head. So dim. Yeah. And it's like, I, I don't like that casting is so impeccable. Like I, I believe, I believe it like that. Those, that's a big three. Um, mm -hmm. like her and the, and the two animals, like if you don't cast that movie, right, this movie like really sucks. But as it stands, people really enjoy it. Mm. I think it, yeah, I think it, I, I think it's life, like it's, it's shelf life belongs on streaming though. Like I don't, I don't know if anybody's going to own this on their shelf, but it's certainly you like, wouldn't? I mean, I would for sure, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think what I would own on uh, DVD or Blu-ray is the uh, is necessarily the uh, standard, um, especially because physical media is just like slowly dying a painful death. I just heard today that Sam mm -hmm. Samsung isn't going to make Blu-ray players anymore, um, oh. which I guess means we're only doing 4K. I don't know. I don't. I'm not up to 4K yet because I've put years into doing Blu-ray. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll get on board, but it's just like fuck streaming <laughs> like i don't need it um that's a that's a different thing altogether i'll get all heated um but i all all of this is to say i'm impressed with your choice i'm impressed with people's performances and this is really them making uh to not that this is shit but the phrase making chicken salad out of chicken shit um they're they're giving us a lot to chew on and I feel, yeah, and I feel I, unleashed. I would definitely recommend it. I think that it's a fun, like, kind of evening watch, especially with a significant other. Totally. It's just, it's just a goofy, dumb good time. And totally. sometimes you need a dumb good time. 
and I want to see more from Finn Taylor. His filmography is uh, is 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 weirdly small, um, but he seems like he's very adamant about directing the work he writes, and I have nothing but respect for that. I just hope that um, Unleash gives way to uh, newer and more consistent projects, because obviously this is a dude with a uh, with a mind for um, a mind for high concepts. Yeah, I'd love to see more from him. Anything, Do you have any other thoughts? No, no final thoughts on Unleash for me. Okay. Any extra credits? Yeah, I wanna I wanna do a weekly roundup because I've been watching so much shit. But first, I will ask: Have you been watching any shit? Uh, like bad stuff, good stuff. Good stuff, bad, good shit, bad shit, TV shit, movie shit. Listening to I've been doing. Go ahead. I've been doing a lot of research uh, for cartoons, cool. and so I I watched Welcome to the Wayne, which is which actually just got canceled on Nickelodeon, and um, it's not great. It's competent, but not great. Okay. <laughs> but Big City Greens, which is on Disney, is so good. Good. Oh, my God. That's so nice to hear. I love that when... It, Go ahead. Oh, it, it's just so charming because uh, the things that I, I find as I get older that I really respond to in that kind of arena are, for one thing, I need something to have heart for me to be interested in it. Definitely. And that show has a very big heart. It's about a family who used to live in the country and had a farm and now they need to relocate to the city and so it's kind of a fish out of water story but the way that they all care for each other even though they're offbeat is is very nice it kind of reminds me of bob's burgers a little bit oh, in that sense okay do you generally like contemporary cartoons are you like uh are you like a loyalist to to cartoons of the past or are you cool with uh, the state of things like here in 2018 or oh my god it's 2019 here in 2019 I think, okay, so with any kind of genre, there's a very mixed bag, but I'm always excited to see new things come out in the realm of cartoons. And Craig of the Creek is fantastic on Cartoon Network. That is a kids being kids kind of show. Mm -hmm. And that also has a very heartwarming family in it. And it's important for, it, it's just, it, it's nice to see that kind of warm kind of show. There's other things that I don't necessarily get. Like, again, Welcome to the Wayne seems... I'm not good with, like, the the things that are just wacky for the sake of being wacky. And some people think of SpongeBob that way, but I actually think that SpongeBob has a lot of heart, and that's part of why it succeeds so for well. For sure. But some of these other shows, especially some of the ones on Netflix, just seem basic. Obscure for obscurity's sake? Just not well thought out. Kind of lazy. I'd say lazy. But I am, um, I'm not a '90s purist by any means. Well, I, I love new content. I was curious about that. I was wondering because, like, I, I I think about all the time that we're, our generation. I know all generations do it, but our generation has uh, a, a, I mean, suffocating amount of nostalgia for the for the stuff mm -hmm. we worked, uh, we came up with, and I think it's because we were like on the last like dying breath of uh, of like physical like cartridge media like our our video games the stuff we were watching like, we were vhs kids we were nintendo 64 mm -hmm. kids we were um uh yeah you know fucking we didn't dvds were late we had vcrs we had cartridge gaming and we had cable network television uh and that mm -hmm. was like basically all we had at our disposal and so i think part of the nostalgia is simply um due to the lack of options and I also think there's no doubt that there's like incredible content that was cranked out while we were kids. But some of it, even the stuff that's beloved uh, upon rewatch uh, with adult eyes is fucking weird. 
Um, I remember being. I'm sad to say, Rockadoodle Dude does not hold up. <laughs> I love Hey Arnold, but I've tried to watch Hey Arnold, uh, and it creeped me out. Um, <laughs> it, like, it really by- <laughs> creeped me out. Uh, Cat Dog creeps me out. <laughs> Angry Beavers, it kind of creeps me out. Like stuff. Really? That I- yeah, I don't know I, why. I like Hey. I watch Hey Arnold. Uh, rewatch it pretty regularly. Hey I like it a lot. It's not it the best excuse. Hey Arnold has tons of heart. It's it's not mm. the best. Ex- uh, it's not the best example compared to other stuff. Um, it's so diverse and so ahead of its time and so pure. I think it's just like downright like character shapes and voices freak me out. I'm like, oh, this gotcha. was so normal to it's me. It's the animation, back- yeah. Definitely. Um, like, things that seemed so, like, you didn't think twice about it. And now I'm like, this is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Nickelodeon, it was a weird time. It was very punk rock. It was. It was so punk rock. Like, Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network were so punk rock, uh, especially when we were uh, growing up. Do they still, are they still pushing the envelope? Or is it kind of, like, settling no, down? No, no. No. One of these days I'll... I'll give you my Nickelodeon rant because they just had their new slate and it's nothing but reboots. But that day is not today because that, we don't want this to be a five hour podcast. You, the Patrick Starr show I heard about. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> put me out of my misery. Anyway, you had a roundup. Oh God. I've watched so much stuff. Um, hmm. Okay. So I'm watching, I'm rewatching the office for the hundredth time. Uh, never, oh. never gets old. I mean, the, there's so many gems. Like there's like five, gems per episode that i aside from jim halpert um that i just can't believe i forgot about so that's been great i've also speaking of uh cartoons i dove back into batman beyond um yeah just because i've been on a batman kick since our episode um last week batman beyond is not overrated um it fucking rocks and it's like it's weird because when you make a sequel because this is like for all intents and purposes, serving as a sequel to Batman, the animated series, which is regarded as one of, if not, you know, the best Batman iteration, but also just one of the better mm. cartoons I would say like ever, uh, especially from the, Absolutely. Ni- especially from the nineties, yeah. but maybe ever. Um, and this is like sort of like what could have easily been just a tack on like, what if we take Kevin Conroy, Batman and we just make him old and he lets a kid do it. Like, these guys, it's the same. It's basically the same people like Paul Dini and that crew that uh, invented characters like Harley Quinn and brought sort like forth all this like original lore through Batman the animated series, but also uh, stayed like so inc- incredibly true to the source material and created like rock and roll fusion with Batman the animated series. And they do it again with like steampunk apathy in Batman Beyond. Um, mm-hmm. so you've got grizzled Kevin Conroy, just like still doing his thing. It, it, it's awesome. But you've also got like all this super weird, like, I mean, it's 1999. So the tech they're imagining for like the, the year, basically where we're at right now, it's like, honestly, if the show comes out in 1999 and the first episode is Bruce Wayne's last night out as Batman, and then it flashes 20 years forward and that's where we are. That means Batman beyond is taking place right now where we are. And Oh boy! Is oh, it, it, that's like, cool. It's fucking dope. Like it's the most not. Isn't it like a supremely '90s show? Oh like, yeah, from or early 2000s. Because oh, I remember yeah. that opening being very oh, ravey. It's, it's like ding 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 apathy, yeah. and just like words like that. It's like apathy yeah. metal. <laughs> it's fucking rad. <laughs> but uh, all of those elements uh, packed tight together. You have a very likable Will Friedle, uh in the lead as Terry McGinnis. Uh, I loved him in Boy Meets World. He was Star-Lord mm. in the Guardians cartoon for Disney not too long ago. He was 
uh, Ron Stoppable and Kim Possible. The dude works and he's great. Kevin Conroy is untouchable. And they're also just like inventing lore. Like Batman Beyond and Terry McGinnis and stuff, that didn't exist in comics as far as I know. I think they created it in, in lent way to comics, much like they created Harley Quinn on Batman the Enemy series and much like they created, uh, uh, they completely redid and created the um, widely accepted uh Mr. Freeze uh, background story, like made him a tragic and interesting character. These people mm. were given, like given keys to the kingdom and in turn provided us with some of the best comic book content ever created. And it's in the form of a 20 minute cartoon. Um, so I'm, I'm really enjoying that. Um, nice. I also saw the favorite from y- Yorgos Lanthimos. I know that's not how you say it. Oh yeah. It um, is nuts. That movie's nuts. And talk about yeah. performances. Like, the story fine uh everything yeah, fine yeah. but the acting is unreal like it's the movie seems a little tedious at times and it's a little long and uh everything else but the acting is so stellar from these three leading ladies and mm. i mean untouchable like you're just like you can't I, I didn't move like i was like i went to this movie with no input i i didn't like the lobster this uh i also didn't see killing of a sacred deer cuz i was like ooh i can't deal with that but this yeah, one same was uh, um, one that I could take and still one that uh, challenged me and and dared me to uh, like, you know, dared me to keep watching. It felt like, Um, and you never really know where it's going to go. So the favorite, see it. If you, especially if you want to see just like a movie where the dudes are really thrown by the wayside and these, like the women take charge and it deserves every award it's up for uh, just because it's great. Um, Mm. So I also did I did one other thing. I want have you ever seen The Witch? Yeah, dude. Dude. Uh I remember like that the part where like you see the baby like breastfeeding the woman and I was like that's going to get really creepy and sure enough it did. It was a crow and yeah. I just I just remember gripping my chest yeah. in agony. Just like no. The crow ripping her nipple off her chest as she laughs yeah. maniacally to Satan. Oh <laughs> I, my god. So yeah. oh, oh my oh my lord. Um so I uh for about I'm 26. So for about like 24 or 25 years, I've been a gigantic uh, pussy and wouldn't watch, uh, <laughs> wouldn't watch really any horror unless I was absolutely forced. So like every now and then something mm-hmm. snuck by, I saw Sinister. I saw, um, uh, not that much else. <laughs> uh, I saw some classics and everything else like Halloween and Jason and all that stupid shit. But recently I've kind of decided, like, I think it's like, maybe it's because, um, I've been working and like making some shorts and we've shot the feature and I've been on sets and you know, maybe it's like I've seen the sausage being made. And so I'm like, this is Mm. all fake and I'm able to roll with that. And so therefore I'm like able to uh, unscare myself by remembering there's like 30 people watching this happen behind a camera. So chill out. Um, But even still the witch, uh, that movie shook me to my core and I know I'm three, like three years late. uh, And especially as a fan of like a 24 and all that stuff, I'm way late. But man, that this movie deserves the hype it got three years ago because uh, it's incredible. It's beautifully shot, wonderfully directed. Uh, the performances are next level. And uh, I think that it scares you more if you grew up like we did, like in the church. Uh, yeah. I, I was oh, talking yeah. to Jake, uh, Jake S. Weissman, other friend of the pod you've heard before. Um, and he's uh, Jewish. And so I was like, dude, the witch. 
oh, I'm still shaking. Like I, I had him like walk down a dark hallway with me because I like, at, at, at our movie theater we work because I was super scared. He goes, that movie doesn't really work on me. I think it only works if you if you're like if you're a Catholic like you. And I'm like, oh, that, <laughs> I guess that's true. I guess you're not really like you're not you're not afraid of being possessed by the devil, Jake. And he's like, no, not really. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess that I guess, I guess that is just a me thing. Like I, I but uh, it definitely played on all of my insecurities as a Christian boy. Um, oh, dude, watch Hereditary and then get I can't. back to me. I know I can't. I listened to uh, bonus features uh, Robert and Alex's pod when Hereditary came mm-hmm. out, and I listened to the review of it and got spoiled to shit. And I know all the messed up shit that happens, and I will never put that movie on. It'll never come yeah. on. <laughs> never. Okay. Um, all right. But the witch got honestly the other thing the witch got me on was um uh it's a must watch with subtitles film which isn't my normal way but um it's all old Englishy speak like colonial, like 1600 new England speak. And that's just cool. What a choice. Um, but you have to read it in my opinion. Otherwise a lot of it's going to fall by the wayside. Mm, definitely. Um, that's my roundup. I'm devouring content. I'm watching a lot of Yay! shit. <laughs> Glad to hear it, man. Yeah, dude. Um, but that's, uh, that's all my extra credits. Anything else you want to say before we wrap this episode? I'm just glad that you rolled with me on this one and you took a chance. I always appreciate how open you are to these weird movies I throw in your face. Of course. So thank you, my friend. Of course. Hey, it's no Unico. <laughs> this was, this, you are. This was a treat <laughs> compared to, to Unico. Um, no, Unico's fine. Um, no, my pleasure. And uh, hats off to this movie, that which is... I guess technically not a bad movie, but let's be honest, it is. Anybody like it? Let's be honest, it is a bad movie. So it fits aptly on uh, this the bad movie brunch podcast. Mm. Please subscribe to us on uh, on Apple if you haven't. It really helps us out and helps uh, helps our brand get out there. I know we are a niche podcast, and I know we have a lo- a small loyal listener base. But subscribe, give us five stars if you can. If you're listening on SoundCloud, that's fine too. Just keep playing the eps. Check out our website. Follow us on Instagram. Be our pal on Facebook. Um, Bad movie brunch yourself. And we are going to keep working hard and keeping our nose to the grindstone, watching the bad movies that you don't have the balls to watch and you have to hear about on our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. (laughs) All right. Signing off for episode 23. I've been Luke Taylor. I've been Katie Grotzinger. You have a good one, you crazies.